Hey guys, JK here. Just wanted to give you a heads up. The first 20 minutes of Darren's interview, there is a little bit of an annoying uh, kind of reverb sound coming off of his voice. We get it cleaned up in that first 20 minutes and it's nice and clean and clear the rest of the way. Thanks. I need to know everything. Who in the what in the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk, so I'm letting them talk. Gotta keep quiet, maneuver in science, then let them in talk up their body. Another one by Hello and welcome to JK Plus One. I am not your host, PTF. He's recording all kinds of videos. It's Derby Week. I mean, he's got he had me on the back porch this morning, freezing cold in Saratoga, doing a video uh, about uh, early Derby predictions. He's a wild guy uh, these couple of weeks. I am your host, Jonathan Kinchin, and uh, we're back. We were off last week, had some stuff going on, but we're back rolling, and uh, it's it's Derby's around the corner, and I got excited, and I wanted to kind of relive it, and, and and I got my friend Darren Rogers from Churchill Downs, who's been there since 2008, um, knee-deep in every derby since 2008, and wanted just to, to go down memory lane and to talk about some of these uh, these horses, talk about some of the winners, talk about some of the, the funny stories, talk about Hanson's tale, uh, talk about the COVID derby, talk about, uh, you know, all kinds of things, uh, and, and we do that. Uh, two hours of stories about the Kentucky Derby. It's, it's one of the things I think that makes this race so special is, is the lead up to it is so intense because of the prep races, because of the stories, the jockeys, the riders, the, 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 the Steve Asmussen's never won, the Todd Pletcher's 0 for 40, then he wins, the Johnny's never won, then he does, the, the, uh, the, 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 the stories that, that, that are the Derby that lead up to that two minutes and that excitement prior to that it, it leaves you with, with things that you've probably forgot that you remember about these derby fields. So, you know, I encourage you when you listen to this to, you know, pop up Wikipedia and look at the field of each year we talk about. We go in order starting from 2008 all the way to 2022 and just look at some of the other horses in there and, and, and think about some of the things that you remember. And I, I think it's a great, it's a great jumping off period to, uh, to get to this Kentucky Derby. Um, once again, subscribe, retweet, tweet, like, share, comment, uh, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe uh, to all the channels on your podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, um, and get ready for, for another fun edition of the Kentucky Derby. And, and we get started here with, with some stories. I, I want to thank our friends at Guitar Racing um, for uh, supporting this podcast and making it possible. Uh, I want to thank... Uh, all of you, the listeners, for 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 tuning in and and you know and supporting what we're doing and sharing it and and uh, helping us kind of spread what we're doing and uh, yeah that that that's it for me here. I guess I should get to my friend from Churchill Downs, Darren Rogers. Darren, what's going on? How you doing, Jonathan? Uh, you know, I'm all right. I'm not as busy as you are. I would imagine. <laughs> we're busy this time of year. It usually starts around here. You know, right after that Monday after the New Year's, and then you get to to March first, then it's running around like a, a chicken with your head cut off. But uh, 
we're used to it. Darren, I know for, for a lot of people, uh, when they think about the Kentucky Derby, uh, they think about your late great friend, John Asher. Um, I, I also think that I, I think I, I, from as it's just when I first started following and hearing you on Steve Bick of just someone who's just constantly been there, whose voice I hear a lot when Derby comes around, what is your role for those who aren't familiar with your role at Churchill Downs? Well, first of all, I appreciate that. And, uh, there's nobody better than John Asher, and I am not a replacement for John Asher. Nobody can replace John. Uh, John was a unique uh, individual who lived and breathed the Derby. He was a member of the media uh, covering the Derby prior to his his start here at Churchill Downs, and you know John was just the the, the voice and the face of Churchill Downs and the Derby for so many years you know, different speaking engagements, you know, John and I, I had the pleasure of working with John, um, for 10 years side by side, joined at the hip. And, um, you know, we played well off of one another and I'm fortunate now, you know, Kevin Kirstein on our team, um, you know, really stepped up and is such a key part of, of our communications department. You know, we really, it's, it's, it's a communications department of two, um, you know, there's another person over at corporate, you know, and Tanya Ablin, she handles those requests, but my role, as it has been since uh, 2008 at Churchill Downs, I'm the senior director of communications and media services. And, you know, you serve as a, a spokesperson, uh, your, your, your job is to get, um, you know, uh, stories placed, um, your, your job is to, you know, get, uh, you know, members of the media and um, the general public to appreciate, you know, different viewpoints from, uh, you know, at least Churchill Downs point of view. Um, and, and, and there's a, there's numerous other things, you know, but um, I think of it as publicity. Uh, we're different from a marketing department. We're not the ones that go out and, you know, buy ads or spend money to get coverage. We're trying to facilitate, uh, you know, general editorial coverage, and we host about 2,000 members of the media each year at the Kentucky Derby, and that, that, that makes up for about 250 different media outlets that are here on site. That doesn't include, you know, helping facilitate those that, that aren't on hand as well. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell, and I've been, I've been here at Churchill since 2008, and I've done this in horse racing uh since 1994 we're coming up on 30 years so you know obviously we'll we'll go through that journey uh i'll let people in i probably said it a little bit at the top of the show in the intro but you know i want this to kind of be a journey i i think one of the things that you possess more than i can think of anyone else is just because of your role and you trying to provide all the media with the information they need to to any access that they need to to, to tell the stories you know all the damn stories, and yeah. and well, I. What's that? Well, we try to. I mean, we 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 try to be you know boots on the ground. Um, you know, I've often joked. You know, you know Kevin Kirstein and myself and our role here. You know, we're like your neighborhood bartender, and we should know we know what kind of drink you're going to order, <laughs> right? So we have a pretty good understanding of what the media is looking for. Um, 
you know, in terms of, you know, general information, as well as, you know, stories that, that, that you know, are very positive. I mean, there, there are so many great stories in horse racing. It's what, I, it's what I fell in love with from an early age is, you know, not only do you have the horse itself, but, you know, you've got the trainer. Behind every trainer, there's a great team. You might have an assistant trainer, the exercise rider, the groom. Uh, the owner, uh, and, and then the breeder, and then of course you have the jockey who's right. There are so many different um, ways a, a an interesting or uh, unique story can be told through a horse, and I think that's what I've always loved about this game, and always the fact that you're always learning something new. I mean, as much of you, as much of a fan as I've been, you know, I was a fan growing up from a young age. Uh, didn't grow up in the sport of horse racing. My my father and uncle were were kind of weekend warriors. Then we go out to the track, and I I joined them as a young child. You know, at Santa Anita and, and Del Mar, probably I don't know six, seven, eight weekends a year, and um, you know I just fell in love with the sport and to be able to have a career in it and uh, be at the home of the Kentucky Derby. It, you know, it just doesn't get any better from my viewpoint. Well, let's 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 talk a little bit before we get back into the old stories. Let's talk a little bit about what you're seeing right now. One of my favorite things to do was listen to you on Steve Vick talk because this is what I've learned. There's all those clockers and you're always hanging around them and they all have their opinions. I like to hear your opinion of what everyone else is saying, because when there's a consensus, I can tell in your voice that that all the guys you respect are saying that this one's working really well. What, what, are we, what are we seeing so far? You know, to be perfectly honest with you, JK, I, there hasn't been a lot of buzz, positive or negative, from a workout standpoint, in my opinion. Um, I think what you see is what you get. I have not seen, you know, we're, 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 we're going to get to some of those, you know, final works on uh, the coming weekend, but of the ones that are here at Churchill Downs, and we've got, what, 14 of them here now, uh, of the ones that are trying to you know, run in the Derby. I, I, I don't think, from a workout standpoint, you can tell. And, and, and look, when you, when you think about it, it makes sense, because Todd Pletcher... He's got arguably three of the top choices, including the favorite Forte. Um, and, and Todd's horses typically aren't overly flashy uh, in the morning. Um, the same can be said for, for a Brad Cox. Um, I think the same could be said for a, a Steve Asmussen. Um, they're very controlled in their environment in the morning workouts. And uh, they're very professional, uh, but rarely do those barns put forth workouts that, that leave your jaw dropped or wow. I mean, I, I to this day am still one of those guys where 90% of the workouts, you know, look the same. Horses are just getting around there. They look fine. But there are those 5% on both sides, 5% where they wow, this horse is doing absolutely fabulous. And 5% where it's like, ooh, that didn't look good. Um, so 
you know, from a workout standpoint, I, I, I think it's very mid right now. It's just very average. Um, but I, but that, that's not a bad thing either. No, but that's, that's kind of the group though. Right. I mean, there, there doesn't seem to be like a, like a, I mean, obviously Forte is a superstar and what he's accomplished so far, but he's not, he hasn't been running those big numbers. Like we, we saw with American Pharaoh and, 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 and so on and so forth. And, and I, you know, it's probably a good transition right into that. Your first year at Churchill Downs, 2008, big Brown. Um, what, what, what are some of the fun things you can remember about that year? Well, I don't know about fun things, but I mean, uh, I remember I started, I got the job 61 days out of the Derby. So, and I, and I drove to Louisville and there were, there, there was eight feet of snow on the ground when I got here. And I'm thinking, what did I get myself into? <laughs> you know, um, that, that, that Derby, I immediately think of eight belts. Um, you know, obviously the, the, the lone, uh, fatality in the history of the, the Kentucky Derby in race. And, um, you know, I think about Larry Jones and what a class act he and his wife, Cindy were, um, during that horrible stretch. Um, I also think about the winter circle, you know, we, you know, those of us that are a part of the, the winter circle ceremony, um, at the, you know, at the pagoda, um, that's where I usually am, or that's where I'm at every derby to, you know, obviously manage and, and assist with the, uh, the, the post race interviews and celebration on the, on the winter stand. We had no idea that eight bells broke down. Um, when you're down there at that track level and you have, you know, temporary infield suites and other tents built up along the way. I mean, we just had no idea at the time. And I remember um, IEAH um, with what Michael Ivarone, uh, they rented with, they had a number of partners and I believe they had an infield suite with 200 guests. And when big, ba big Brown won, they bum rushed through the infield gate. Um, and, and, and crashed the winter circle. I mean, it was the most chaotic winter circle uh, in my derby tenure. I mean, you, you, we just lost control of it. You can barely, in fact, if you go back and look at the history of like winter circle photos, it, it, it might be the only derby winning photograph that you don't see the entire horse because I mean, there were just, there were people everywhere. And it wasn't until, you know, about 10 minutes after being down there uh, that I, that I, that I, that I was able to realize that eight bells had broke down. So, you know, we've, we've changed a lot in our communication uh, since then. We actually have a visual um, that if you're ever at the Derby and, and, you, and if you look at the seventh floor of the clubhouse near where the track announcer is, it's where the stewards balcony is. Uh, during the running of the of the races that are on TV, you'll see a yellow flag, a green flag, and a red flag. Um, and the and the yellow flag basically says, "Hey, I'm here." Uh, green flag means you know it was there's no it was a safe race, and a, and a red flag means that those of us that can't see around the track that we need to ask questions. It, it could be as simple as a horse 
just needing a ride back where it, you know, could be something uh, fatal. But uh, that those are those are the immediate memories of that first derby. And I remember, Jonathan, I remember saying to myself at the time, you talk about being thrown to the wolves. Um, you know, no derby could get worse than this. And, yeah. And, and um, you know, there were, we'll visit it along the way, but there have been plenty of other challenges um, since then. Dan, I mean, obviously that wasn't the, the way I'm, I'm assuming you wanted it to all start, but I, in, the, in a positive note, it, it was a, a sensational winner of the Kentucky Derby. You know, one of like a, a, a favorite that won that starts getting people thinking about Triple Crown. Absolutely. I mean, Big, Big Brown is one of the fastest, you know, Derby winners in the last 15 years, period. Um, I remember at the post-position draw, um, you know, there were other inside posts available, but Rick Detrow, I mean, he didn't skip a beat. Give me number 20. He'd be in the clear on the outside. He could watch, you know, all the competition. I mean, uh, that was a fast horse. Very fast is horse. It, is, it, is, that, is that the last year that you got to select your post position? We did it in 2010 as well. Uh, okay. Step no, back. 2000, that was 2008. We did, 2009. I believe it was the final year. Do you, do you miss that? No, no, not at all. I mean, look, I've always believed, I I appreciated what uh, we tried. Uh, You you, you try to make the Kentucky Derby post position draw a television event. Um, But the fact of the matter is, is it, it, it wasn't growing the game. It wasn't, a growing viewership. It wasn't attracting sponsor dollars, um, you know, fr- from that aspect. So I've always believed a draw is a draw is a draw. And, um, you know, by, by having a standard draw, it allows us now to have, the you know, up to four post positions on an also eligible list. Um, you know, whereas before, you know, from a legal standpoint, you could actually say, you know, like say I picked number 15 and uh, I don't know, the horse number 12 scratched. Well, everybody would move in. Well, I picked 15. I picked right. number 15. I want 15. So um, I, I'm i a fan of a standard draw. I like the way we do it now. I love that we do it. We've moved it up to Monday for a double draw on both Oaks and Derby days. It gets the the information in the horse player's hands an extra 24 hours earlier and um, everybody can formulate their bets and, you know, let's just randomly draw it like we used to and um, move on. 2009, which was, was my first Kentucky Derby um, that I attended and, and, and obviously Saturday was any Saturday, any Derby day is a standout, but I got to be honest with you. It was the Friday for me that year that uh, really grabbed me by the throat and made me a horse racing fan for life. JK, I had a $200 win bet at 200 to one on Rachel Alexandra to win the Kentucky Derby. (laughs) 
and she rolls by 20 lengths in the oaks and and I'll never how we, I remember we were closing the late nom and you know she was worthy of a late triple crown nomination um they didn't pay the six grand so I mean I didn't even have my hopes I, I knew it right then and there that it was that it was over and then for her to you know not only roll like she did in the oaks but to to come back and verify my opinion in the Preakness and later that year in the Woodward. That's one of those beats, you know, it, it was a beat that never happened, but I mean, I, I remember telling Jerry Hissom, uh, who was the jockey agent for, for Calvin Burrell. You may recall JK Zenyatta flew out to Churchill Downs. She was going to make her seasonal debut in the La Troyenne. But the track came up muddy and wet, and John Sheriffs ended up scratching. But 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 Zenyatta was here on the grounds to run, and I remember before the Oaks telling Jerry Hissom, I said, you know, little does anybody know that she's just the second best three of Philly on the grounds. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny about that? I this is, a, this is a funny aside. So that was my first day that I ever walked into Churchill Downs. Um, we flew into Nashville. And I learned a very valuable lesson that day that Nashville is central time. Yes. We would have missed Zenyatta because the way we, we stopped to eat lunch and we were an hour behind, we would have missed Zenyatta if she ran. Thank goodness. I would have never forgiven yep. myself for that. But the, you know, I watched my first day at Churchill Downs was seeing what I still believe is the most impressive, spectacular performance I'd ever seen in real life. And even probably on TV when Rachel won that day, that was my first day there. It was incredible. I mean, you know, and I also remember, you know, it's kind of what you inherit here. So this is this is kind of like a stat nerd type of behind the scenes deal. But I remember here, you know, everything's focused on the Derby, you know, the old records and everything like that. And there wasn't much of a record book for the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, we've since changed that. Um, we've gone back and done the research, but we had to go back and relook at charts uh, because we had no idea if that was the largest margin of victory in the Oaks. Um, we assumed it was, um, and it was. But, um, you know, we've since had to build up the history uh, and information and background uh, tidbits for the Kentucky Oaks, and it was, it was that performance. It was such a – she was such a special filly. She was so much fun to watch uh, train in the morning. I mean, she just she – just, she tipped her hand. She would go out there – with Calvin and, and hugging the rail in the morning. Um, you know, Hal Wiggins just was sitting on a keg of dynamite when, when, when he entered her. And, you know, and obviously she was, she was, you know, purchased by Jess Jackson and, and then transferred to Steve Asmussen and Asmussen left, left Calvin on, but it was such an interesting transformation, you know, to watch, Rachel, who was so fast and hard on herself in the morning. And that's, you know, Steve Asmussen doesn't train his horses fast in the morning and, and usually gives them a little bit of a, a, a tranquilizer to, to calm their nerves. And so that's why you always see those five furlongs in 102. Um, to, to see Rachel transition from that speed ball in the morning to uh, the calm and, and, and eventually uh, going five furlongs in 102, 
it was an interesting transition. It was comical at first because she wanted to do a whole lot more. But I know, and I remember talking to Steve about it, and, they, and, they, and he, he just doesn't want those horses that are those elite athletes, you know, to be so hard on themselves once a week. You know, he, save that for race day. They're not, now, I do have to ask you, it, was, did, did you know, were you hustling? Were you guys hustling? Was, was the racing office hustling to fill a race? I mean, it's, to think about a seven-horse Kentucky Oaks now is, like, laughable. You're going to have 14 no matter what. Um, it, did you – what were you guys doing that week with – you know, did you know you're only going to have seven? Uh, I don't recall back then, but, I mean, in a general sense, yeah, they're always trying to maximize that field. I mean, look, the – I mean, we, we can go into it later, but I mean, you know, the advent of the point system ended up, I think, creating more interest and really boosted the Oaks because prior to that, um, we had, you know, seven, eight horse fields were the not unusual for the Kentucky Oaks. Um, now it's unusual if you don't fill all 14. And I think, you know, obviously the purse of 1.25 million doesn't hurt but uh, i think the point system has actually elevated the oak so I, i'm sure they were hustling back then in in 2010 this was kind of the first big horse that i can remember in the in the kind of modern era that drew the rail with looking at lucky um what do you what do you recall uh, about that uh, the 2010 uh, kentucky derby i you nailed it you know, Garrett Gomez being stuck down on the inside. He was, you know, many horses like to run on and prefer to run on the outside of horses. And it was clear, you know, that, that looking at lucky, uh, you know, need to be on the outside. I mean, he was, he was banged around like a ping pong. I also remember the next day um, I went to the Baffert barn and looking at Lucky, he goes, he goes, Darren, you want to see what the Derby does to a horse? Looking at Lucky was just basically, he was laid out on all fours. Um, just, I mean, sleeping like a, like a lap dog. Uh, just laying down in his stall. It was a rough Derby for him. He was a good horse. He was a real good horse. But, you know, it's... Um, it wasn't his day. I was actually on Super Saver that year. I had that winner. Um, and I, I, I remember that horse, you know, that was, that was one of the first, I think it was the first year we did the special derby training hours and your admission was the saddle towels. And at the time, Todd Pletcher was 0 for 40 something in the derby. And he was much like his predecessor, Wayne Lucas. You know, he didn't like to put on those training towels. Um, and I remember saying to Todd, just joking with him, I said, "Why don't you shake it up a little bit? You're over, you're over forty something without the saddle <laughs> towel." You know. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 his and his assistant at the time was Michael McCarthy, and and uh, I've known him for years, Whitey. Um, you know dating back to my days in California. Um, and I remember, you know, he was, he was there early. He was there Vandover right after, uh, you know, running second, beating the neck in that Arkansas Derby. Uh, and, 
that was a pretty cool that was a pretty cool year and that was also kind of like the, the I kind of had a note that was also kind of the start of the the Calvin Burrell being completely overbet thing like after he won that <laughs> yep. one right because he won with mine that bird and then he came right back and he won with super saver and uh, you know he obviously had won with street since prior to that it, it just like this was the horse that, to me that kind of cemented it I feel like it was the next year was it the next year that he got crazy over? Yes, twice the appeal got extremely overbet the next year. Yeah, it was um, eleven to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Calvin, Calvin turned into a little rock star for those those couple of years. Well, I mean, th- that was. I mean, we used to joke. I mean, it was Calvin's world, and we we're just living in it. I mean, he could do no wrong in that stretch. That 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 stretch. I mean, he was as hot, and, and we're not just talking about the Derby. I mean, we're talking about the the spring meet, the fall meet, it was his world and we were living in it. And, um, you know, it, it can change real quick though. You know, I mean, you know, Julian Le Peru uh, was on the scene here at Churchill Downs and really dominated 2011. And after that 2011, that's when Julian decided to test the waters. I can't remember. Did he go to California and to New York first? But, he, he tested the waters in one of the, the big circuits and that left open that opening. And that's when Corey Lannery started his dominance here at Churchill Downs. But, um, you know, Calvin Burrell from 07 to 2010, it was his world and we were living in it. 2011, um, you know, the, to me, this was the, this was the, the big story for me was, was, was the uncle Mo Johnny Velasquez, uh, animal kingdom kind of switcheroo that, that, that took place. Yeah. Well, I mean, it happened what early in the week, Robbie Alvarado was on horseback, uh, in the post parade. And I believe if my memory is correct, it was a two-year-old that threw its head back and busted the nose of Robbie Alvarado. And that freed up the mount on animal kingdom for Johnny V to hop aboard for Graham motion and team valor. Robbie was doing everything he could to ride. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people talk about that workout that animal kingdom put forth at Churchill downs on April the 30th, when he went, uh, he went six furlongs in one thirteen. And, you know, anybody that saw it, it, it really wasn't much of a secret. Um, to how good that horse was doing. But a lot of people forget the workout before was a complete nightmare. Um, it, it, it was at Keeneland. If it could go wrong, it did. Uh, I want to say he was supposed to maybe worked in company, but he uh, was too far back of the stable. I just remember it being a horrific workout. And I kind of got off the horse at that time. I was one of the, you know, one of those, you know, for Animal Kingdom to pay 20 to one, um, it's a little bit like Mandaloon. It's what I, everybody I know, it seems like had it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't know how they ended up being 20 to one, but um, I mean, that was, there's another, there was another really good horse. I mean, this, that was a, that horse was no fluke. I mean, I feel like a lot of the the derbies, the stories, and we kind of skipped over it in the in the 2010 one, but we'll talk about it a little bit here in 2011. Is like, it's 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 obviously such a big deal in racing. It's the biggest deal in racing. And if you tell anyone you're involved in racing, their first question is about the Kentucky Derby. 
I would imagine for Todd Pletcher and for Johnny Velasquez, when you're saying, oh, I'm a, I'm a jockey and I'm a trainer, the next question when you're sitting next to someone on an airplane is, have you ever won the Kentucky Derby? And Super Saver allowed Todd to finally say that. And yep. Animal Kingdom finally allowed Johnny to say that. I mean, these firsts in these derbies uh, are always really special. They, they, they absolutely are. And I, you know, I think about the same thing with 2013 with Shug, uh, Shug McGahee. And, um, you know, and it goes beyond just, I mean, it's those of us that work in the Derby, I mean, I can tell you, look, I did horse racing publicity for 14 years before I came to work at Churchill Downs. And my sister had no idea what I did, but when I, <laughs> but when I got the job at, you know, at Churchill on the Derby, it's like, oh, okay, I get it now. So I can only imagine those conversations with the jockeys and the trainers um, that get asked that all the time. And, and and somebody like, you know, Todd Pletcher, like Graham Motion, uh, like Johnny Velasquez, they can say, oh, yeah, I want it. I want it. Um, I also think a lot about that year. You know, it's a lot of those are the backstories. You know, Kathy Ritvo coming back from... Uh, you know, the heart surgery with Mucho Macho Man. Um, there's, I'm trying to think of the, the year be, was it 2009? I'm looking back, I'm having fun looking back at these, these past performances from the previous year. But I remember um, the guy from uh, South Florida, Benny, uh, was it Benny Stutz? Benny, he was an old guy that, um, I'm going to find this here in just a second. I can't remember. Maybe the horse, did the horse end up scratching and he didn't make the race? But anyway, it was, um, no, there you Stutz. go. Smooth, smooth air in 2008. Smooth air. It was my first derby in 2000. I remember Benny Stutz. Um, I just remember, there it is. He was just so, he was in his late seventies and he was just so overjoyed to be at Churchill Downs and make the race. I mean, it was like a lifelong dream. Like, so to your, to your point of, you know, the, they, they, they get asked that question, but even the guys like Benny Stetz can say, yeah, I was in it once, you know, yeah, yeah he yeah. was able to qualify. I think that's, I think that's so cool. Yeah. Smooth air is the horse. Thank you. S spending all that time in, at Churchill, um, I, I would imagine that you've, you know, looking at this 2011 field and, and seeing a couple of really good horses and, uh, you know, Steve Asmussen and Nero and, and, and Dale Romans and Shackelford, who both ran well. I mean, I, you have to be as shocked as anyone that those guys haven't uh, won a derby yet. Oh, absolutely. I, I do think it's a matter of time for some. I throw in Kenny McPeak in there, too. I mean, you know, the, 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 these are guys that are annually participating in the Kentucky Derby, and they know how to get a horse there. And th there's probably a derby – you know, with their name on it at some point in time. I mean, I'm convinced of that with, uh, with, 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 with Steve Asmussen in particular. I mean, he's such a great horseman and, um, you know, he'll, he'll get there. He'll get there. Uh, I mean, look, we used to say that about Todd, right? I mean, the, when he was over 42, 44, I can't remember what it was when he finally, broke through but you, you go back to that 2011 year i mean he's sitting on uncle mo and uncle mo's got a scratch on what the i think that was the on oaks day 
or the morning of the Derby. Uh, I remember scrambling for an early morning newser back at the barn. But, uh, you know, when you have a horse like Uncle Mo, who was, you know, arguably the horse to beat or one of the top favorites in that race, um, you know, it works both ways. During the 2012, um, you know, I, I, I call this the race that invented the point system. Yeah, when, that's fair. When, when, when Trini Berg uh, hooked Bodie Meister around there and, and, and softened him up for, for I'll have another. Uh, do, you, do you know, I'm sure you were involved in those conversations. Was the, was the point system something that was already in the making or did this kind of have an influence on that? You know, and that was over a decade ago. We're in a much different period now. But if you look back 10 years ago, I mean, I, we, we, we can look at the writing on the wall that, you know, a jurisdiction at the time, like, like New York, uh, that wasn't going to happen with their horsemen's group at the time. And so in theory, Toba could have stripped the Wood Memorial from graded stake status. And so our, our CEO at the time was Bob Evans. And he, and he said, look, we, we don't have any control over who gets in our race. And so if we do go down the road of let, let's find a way to, you know, have an alternate qualification. And oh, by the way, as we go there, um, you know, can it become a little more fan friendly? And that's really how that point system came about. Uh, the more we dove into it, yes, we started to take a look. You know what? We really don't want sprinters. I mean, look, the mission of those of us at Churchill right now, we're stewards of this game and stewards of this race. But the mission, you know, hasn't hasn't swayed. It's to get the best three-year-olds prepared to go a mile and a quarter, uh, the classic distance of a mile and a quarter on dirt on the first Saturday in May. You had a number of racetracks at the time that, that were synthetic, so we wanted to kind of have a, a, a proper synthetic route. Um, but we, we felt all those races for a mile and over, were probably best and, um, you know, got rid of some of the, you know, the turf races here in America, but that's how the point system started. That it, it, it wasn't necessarily a sprinter like Trini Berg or a hopeless horse like, um, homeboy Chris being thrown to the wolves. Although we do think it's improved with that. Um, looking at that, that the field for 2012, there's a couple of stories that I, I feel like probably um, were, were at least of some interest. You know, I'll let you go with whatever one you want to go with first, but getting Michael Michael Matz back, um, I, I would imagine after the Barbaro situation was 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 probably nice to, to have him back around Churchill Downs. And then Hanson, did you guys have to deal with the tail nonsense? Was that something? Oh, yes. The tail, the tail was was a big player, a lot more so than Michael Matz coming back with Union Rags. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Doctor Hansen was. Uh, yeah, we didn't know what was going to happen. You know, um, I remember we had a bunch of conversations with him. We didn't want any monkey business, um, especially like what occurred at at Keeneland with the bluegrass and the race prior. Uh, there was a lot going on. He was a handful. I, I do remember that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'll have I'll have another was he was the people's horse down in the in the infield. I know that how he went off at 15 to one. I don't know, because that was uh, one of those horses that uh, I know a lot of people ended up having. 
and and basically off of the name alone. And there are those years every once in a while, you know, like when my boy Jack got bet down to what he was five to one. You know, none of us none of us handicapped and fa- factored in that everybody named Jack across North America would bet on the horse. This is a lot of people named Jack. Yeah, I mean, Patch yeah, and was it, it, Patch is another one. Yep, Patch, and then and, and anytime you have a, a a race or a horse with a, a name like I'll have another, you know, they were going to take some money. <laughs> that year is kind of like a a blur year for me. Why is that? I don't know. I'm just. I, I like I have so many stories that stand out, um, you know, from each year that, you know, that year itself, eh, it just I don't really. I remember the Hansons. I remember dealing with Hanson. You know, it's funny about that year for me. You know, like I said I, I started going, and you know, I I, I had Barbaro in a two dollar exacta box when I was young, right? So I had him in an exacta box. So that doesn't really count. But in 2008, I didn't pick the winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I tried to beat Big Brown. 2009, I didn't pick the winner. 2010, I didn't pick the winner. 2011, didn't pick the winner. But in 2012, I, I picked Bodie Meister. And so, oh. so it, it, was, it, was, it was a weird feeling for me because it was the first time that I was like almost right. And, but I still got beat. And I thought I was going to win when they, when they turned for home. Well, he ran a winning race. I mean, I mean, my gosh, he what a mile and one thirty-five. Um, I mean, that horse ran his eyeballs out. That was a big, big runner-up effort. Big runner-up effort. In two thousand thirteen, um, yep. you know, looking through this, I it's Todd had five horses, which yep. I I guess I missed that one somehow. But what, you know, this is my this is where this is why I kind of learned to temper my enthusiasm in the first and second round of Derby preps. I fell in love with Verrazano, mm-hmm. and I told this story when I had Angel Cordero on JK Plus One a couple of weeks ago. I I bet all my money on Verrazano, and then I got back in line to bet something else, and I was behind Angel Cordero. He had Johnny Velasquez's book at the time, and he bet five hundred to win on Orb. And I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> well, Verrazano, I mean, is there a bigger lobster in Derby history in terms of the tote board? I mean, oh. he was he was everything and all that going through the winter time. You know, they won the Tampa Bay Derby, won the Wood Memorial, and you know it was a diminishing, you know, three quarter length win in the Wood, but he went from being the favorite to drifting all the way up to eight to one. I mean, he was an absolute lobster on the toad board because everybody look orb was, you talk about a horse that was tipping his hand. I mean, anybody that saw Orb progress along and then watch him train coming up to that Derby. I mean, he just, he was, he was tipping his hand Orb was, Orb was the player. And that was the first year of the Derby point system. And you talk about, you know, so I was, you know, Bob Evans, our CEO, and Kevin Flannery, our president, they were the ones leading the charge on, you know, come up with a point system. Um, and, you know, I, I was the one who basically led that charge internally, trying to respect, you know, the old graded stakes earnings, trying to respect the, 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 the path that it had been in place. I mean, 
Jonathan, I must have gone through 80-something different versions of the point system. And, I mean, I didn't sleep at night. It, it was, I, I, I can tell you right now, when you're charged and you're kind of the architect of putting this point system in place, and it's never happened before, you lose sleep, man. You, I mean, the, I mean, seriously, I mean, the, the, the Derby, you respect, you love the Derby, you do all this. I mean, it was, it was painstaking. Now I had a lot of confidence in it, but at the same time, I'm never, we, we, we unveiled it. So what the, the 2012 Derby, uh, was run. We probably unveiled it somewhere around June because it was during our spring meet and I remember the day we announced it, that we were doing it starting in 2013. Uh, Wayne Lucas, who I, I've have a tremendous relationship with, uh, dating back to my days when I came up in, in Southern California. I mean, Wayne just accosted me in the, in the paddock. Rogers, you single-handedly have ruined two-year-old racing and rendered it meaningless. None of my owners are going to want to buy horses at the sale. Blah, 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 blah. You remember when we announced that point system, everybody was up in arms. But, uh, you know, anytime there's change, people, uh, there's a lot of uneasiness. And we realized that. But until we finally got through the whole, you know, running of the 35 prep races and assembled that derby for 2013. I remember Lucas came over to me and he goes, Rogers, you got lucky, <laughs> <laughs> but I knew we, I knew we did it right. But that's my, I think of with 2013, I mean, the 2013, I, I, I don't think I slept. That's that, that it was so many, it was so many sleepless nights, Jonathan, because you're trying to do what's best and you hope you hope you're doing it right. And I think we did do it right. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, I, I, looking at this field, I, I think, you know, also remember this is kind of the start of the Dallas Stewart bomb and the Derby situation when he got yep. in Seoul. Um, and, and it's got everyone looking, just everyone's always looking for, uh, for that, that type of horse. Dallas is a great town. Dallas touted this horse early on. Um, he touted commanding curve early on. If Dallas has a young two-year-old, and he, you, you hear a little whispers on it. They can usually run. Um, yeah, Golden Soul was was one of those. Um, Normandy Invasion. Um, you know, I remember this was also nearing a rough patch for those of us, you know, at Churchill Downs from the PR standpoint. Um. You know, I remember, you know, Rick Porter, the late Rick Porter, he was, he, uh, you know, wanted to bring in a bunch of vets and he wanted to put them on uh, in Millionaire's Row. Um, and he called us up on like Monday or Tuesday at Derby Week, said he was going to bring these folks out and I want them on Millionaire's Row. And um, I want to say it was tables of 10 or 12 and, uh, you know, our president said, well, we'll do our best to take care of them, but I don't know if we can put them there. All the seats are already taken. Rick didn't like that answer and he went public with it, you know, and, um, you know, it started some negative, uh, kind of a snowball effect in 2013 that, that rolled over 
to where I'm sure you're going to go in 2014 with California Chrome. I mean, that was the year of all years. You know, before we get, I do want to, before we get to California Chrome, I think this is yeah. a good year just for my brain because this is one of my first real experiences with a rainy derby. Cause look, yep. I, I enjoy both. I do. I enjoy both derbies. I love them both. There's one that I enjoy a little bit more and it is nice weather derby, but I, mm-hmm. you can't, it, if I love the race so much that if you get yourself too tied up in the weather, you set yourself up for disappointment for something you've waited 364 days for. Yep. So I just kind of take it like it is. How do you wrap your brain around the weather? You, you nailed it. Somebody asked me today, how's the long range forecast? Look, I haven't looked. I don't know. It doesn't. First of all, I also know in Louisville, things will change within, you know, you really can't look until 48 hours out. Now, you can get a good idea of what the temperatures may be, but um, I mean, it is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. I do think I, I do think it's funny every year. You know, we we, you know, like any business, you know, we have the big event like the Derby and we'll send out you know, questionnaires, um, you know, for, you know, how how was your experience at the Derby? What are things we can improve on? In a shocking development, every year it's sunny, the scores come back high. (laughs) And whenever it rains, the scores come back very low. (laughs) So I do know, I do know people's experience at the Derby is usually weather dependent. How about handle? Huge, huge difference. Uh, no, I mean, if, if you're going off the turf, the answer is going to be yes, but typically we would, you know, the, the grass races are going to stay. Um, no, I haven't seen the downtick because a rainy derby is not unusual and we keep hitting record numbers on an annual basis. So, um, no, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I, I mean, I you know, I know that it does affect other days. That's for sure. And a lot of oh, that absolutely. is because you're you're because you're losing a lot of entries. You know, on a on a Saturday at Saratoga, I think that it could it could it could take a little bit of a dent, especially because you're losing the turf races. But like you mentioned, the 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 turf classics can always be on. I mean, yeah, I, the turf. Yeah, I've the, never the seen it off. Are, you know, the graded stakes will they they'll leave those on as as best they can. 2014, you, you, you hinted at uh, California Chrome. Yeah, I mean, that was just, you know, I mean, I've got so many stories from that year. I mean, John Asher and I, it was just, it was, it was the year, it was, a, it, it was just, it was, it was like a PR snowball that um, started, you know, remember the saddle towel for California Chrome was actually accidentally misspelled uh, from this vendor that we use in Texas. And it was handed out to him. And, you know, Steve Hargrave, our stall guy who does a great job, he didn't catch it. And, and, and it just, I remember the, the first day he was galloping out on the track that, um, you know, the, the, the uh, we, we just got crucified, you know, Churchill, typical Churchill. They don't care about racing, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, that was, that was, that was the misspelling. I think that was the, the first year that the, you know, Kentucky racing wasn't nearly in the shape that it is in today. Um, we, 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 we had a takeout raise, uh, 
Um, we also had, um, you know, that was the Derby where Wes Welker, uh, was here on hand and he was accidentally overpaid. Uh, I think it was $14,000 and the mutual department has this standard form where, you know, they've got all, you know, they got everything on camera and it's usually not a $14,000 mistake, but there's this standard form that, uh, is emailed to people that, uh, that that have a transaction that basically says hey look we really we screwed up uh there's nothing we can do about it but if in the goodness of your heart if you if you want to make this right here's where you can send the difference to and Wes walker you know went public with it on dan patrick and basically said get in line i mean that was a year john asher and i we were we i remember we were going tag you're it you know it's clean up on aisle five you take this crisis I'll take the next one. <laughs> um, and then it, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily with, 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 with the Derby, but I, I remember it's Preakness, right? When, when they won the Preakness uh, with California Chrome and, um, you know, it was Mr. Coburn that went on stage and, and he basically just took Churchill Downs to task. Um talking about the hospitality at the Preakness and, 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 and made up things, by the way, things that we didn't, you know, necessarily call out at the time. And we probably should have, but we, but we decided to just kind of let it be, let him say his piece, you know, cause it's hard to, you know, you don't want to get it in a shouting match, but, you know, he accused us of not um, providing accommodations for, you know, his his mother that was in a wheelchair when it was completely um, couldn't have been more further from the truth. In fact, there was a the, the Lexington Herald leader even published a photograph of uh, our team members at Churchill Downs uh, carrying her across the track in the wheelchair. Um, six people trying to get her across there. Uh, and th- anyway, it. And I, that, that was on Preakness night. And I remember we usually, my birthday is May 17th. And so it's always right around Preakness time. And it's finally, you know, you're past the Derby. We go to Jeff Ruby's on Preakness night every year. And I, 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 I remember he gave that speech. We were in crisis mode. I had to delay the dinner. Um, I'm there with two other couples. I finally get there. I have a drink. I'm not real talkative. And I said to the group at, at my at my at my booth, I'm like, guys, okay, I promise I'm gonna have a good time. Let me just clear my head. I'm gonna use the restroom. If you've ever been to Jeff Ruby's in the restroom above the urinals in the men's restroom, there are famous uh, attendees. And no joke, Jonathan, I look up at the urinal that I'm standing at, and there's a picture of of Peyton Manning with his wide receivers from the Denver Broncos including Wes Welker. <laughs> and, and I'm like, you can't make this up. <laughs> you, you can't make this up. I couldn't get away from it. So that was, that was one of those years. And I'm very proud of the company. We made a lot of changes after that year. I mean, we, let's face it, our eye wasn't on the ball in, in certain areas. And, and moving forward, you know, that's when we created the, the Winter Circle Suites. And, um, you know, we hired a, an executive director of racing at the corporate level. We, we did a lot of things to turn the corner, but uh, 
those years 2013 and 2014 from a from a PR standpoint I would have liked a sponsorship to have a special Kentucky Derby Kevlar vest you know just taking bullets left and right on camera what what would you say is you know, you would try to explain to people the thing that people don't understand the most about those two days, the, the thing that people just really have a misunderstanding about something you're like, it's, it's, well, it's not that easy. It's this, it's, it's what, what, what are some things about that day that you would like for racing to know that maybe people don't know about? Well, I'll take it a step further. I, 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 I want people to know that those of us here at Churchill Downs racetrack, we, we live and breathe and, and are very appreciative to be working here and working for, and, you know, and being a steward of the Kentucky Derby. But the, the number one thing for me, we do care about racing. We live for the racing. If you don't know, I mean, if you can't tell by talk, listening to me, but imagine, imagine the Ben Huffman's of the world's the Steve Hargrave, our stall man. Um, the frontline employees that are that the, they're so appreciative to be, just be ticket takers here and work here. We live and breathe for the racing here at Church Down. So the thing that I hate and can't stand is the misguided, you know, the the impressions that just because we're a public company, just because we are reporting to shareholders, and we shouldn't apologize for making money and being good business people. But at, we're going to make prudent decisions along the way. But I can tell you right now, we love racing. We've expanded our racing days here at Churchill Downs. Heck, the 2013, the year we were just, you know, talking about, that was the first year we did, uh, you know, September racing. We added a race meet because the horsemen came to us. Um, so that's the one thing. As for putting on the show on the two days, I mean, it's, it's always been to me. I mean, I, you know, I got married 21 years ago, but the Derby reminds me of hosting our wedding, <laughs> except it's for 150,000 fans and you do it every year, <laughs> but it's, it's very much like throwing a wedding. You're checking a bunch of boxes. You're, you're, uh, you can't see, you know, the crazy uncle Al next to aunt. Susie, because they're going to get in a fight. I mean, that's the way it is down here in the media center when you when you when you seat people around here. Um, that's I don't know. That's how I've always thought of the Derby is throwing one big massive wedding. In 2015, it was the the start of you know one of the most special things race fans in the last 30 to 40 years have been able to see. And, and that was, was American Pharaoh. And it was also Travis Stone's first time calling a race, calling the Derby too. But, uh, but uh, what do you remember about 2015? Well, you, I mean, you nailed it. Uh, look, Jonathan, you, you I, I know you and I are very similar in terms of our, our passion about the sport. We love the game, the gaming aspect of it. But at the same time, we both get real excited when, you know, you're going to see a, you know, a future star, or we think we've seen a future star and American Pharaoh, you know, he was to, for me personally, he was that horse of a lifetime. Um, it, you know, been in the game a long time, recognized his talent from, from, from early on. And when he, you know, when he, 
he just was different. I mean, my, my friend Gary Young, who's a, a private clocker and bloodstock agent, you know, he, he, he clocks out on the West Coast. and he, he just told me he's there and he's like Michael Jordan. He's just, he hangs in the air a little bit longer than the other all-stars in the all-star game, you know, and he, and, and you could see it in his stride. I mean, it was just this massive stride for every one and a half. His stride was one and a half to everybody else's one. And, um, and then when you mix in his talent along with the personality where he's like a lap dog, I mean, that, I, I can tell you right now, we're never going to see that again. You're not going to see a horse that good and that sweet. Um, again, it's just, it's so rare um, to have both. And uh, that horse brought so many emotions. I mean, just, I never thought I'd see a triple crown winner. I always hoped. I've seen many, you know, burn. He, he was the perfect between, what, 37 years? Um between him and affirmed and I just have, you know, and I, I have so many memories with that horse. I mean, you know, I, the, 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 the triple crown trophy, uh, the old triple crown trophy, uh, pre we had a Chris K at Naira did a redesign, but the old, you know, triple crown trophy that was designed for what the, the spectacular bid year, of 79 and hadn't been awarded in what 37 years that trophy resided on a year round basis in the Kentucky Derby museum. So guests could annually, you know, uh, you know, see the trophy up close and take pictures with it, etc. And Ed Sickenfeld um, with triple crown productions for many years would travel with the trophy to New York. Well, Ed retired, and uh, I was given the opportunity to travel with the Triple Crown Trophy when it was on the line. I first went out. Um, first one was uh, I'll Have Another. I think it was. Wow. I'll Have Another. And then he had to scratch um, what on the, the, the at the Belmont. Uh, went back out there with um, California Chrome, and you know he lost uh, to Union Rags, and then Tone, I was tonalist. there for a mer- tonalist. Yeah, I remember Union Rags won. Oh, totalist, the year. Totalist, yeah, right. Union Rags won when, right. when I'll have another scratch. You're right; it was totalist. Um, and anyway, I was there for you know American Pharaoh, and I was just I was close with the you know I, I've known Bob Baffert for years. Um, Jimmy Barnes, um, you know, the whole team, it was just, it was so great. I was, I was, I was able to present, uh, and, and, and deliver that trophy to the barn, um, you know, after the races, it was just so much fun. It was, it was, it was you just flew with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a riot. So you, uh, it was a custom cased Samsonite luggage hollowed out just with cushion in there and and we tell the security ahead of time uh that we're going to go through it so you don't have to open it up because the minute you open up people wanted to take pictures and they also can zero in on it 
but uh, you know, one year the, the the pilot wanted to ask to see if he could fly with it in the cockpit, and we allowed it. And that was that's the cool thing about that trophy, and why I, I I'd love to see our trophies, you know, make more public appearances ahead of time because anytime I'd break that out, people would take pictures with it, and they just couldn't wait to take a photo with it. So. I'm a big proponent of those types of things. Um, and we're working on a plan with the Derby trophy for, for future years, but we've got to get the trophy made in advance. And typically, you know, we, it's delivered to us in the month of February. So we're trying to move that schedule up. So where the, the Derby trophy, for example, could go on tour with some of these road to the Derby races and fans all across the country, you know, get a chance to, you know, take selfies and pose with the trophy. Um, it'd be a cool thing, but Pharaoh brought us all on that ride. We all got to pose with Pharaoh because he was such a kind horse and uh, you get to see the trophy too. He bit me a little bit, not bad. He just caught my shoulder. We were at Santa Anita and uh, Frank Miramati took us. It was, I think it was me, Nick Tamaro, uh, Pete Fornital, and we went to go see him and he just kind of nibbled my shoulder. Not bad at all, but just, just he got my shoulder. So. One of my favorite stories from that was the night before Baffert telling me the story about how he had to tell Kaleem Shaw. He called it. He had to have the come to Jesus with meeting with him on Oaks night to basically let Kaleem know you're not beating Pharaoh. Like, I'm just letting you know he's a good horse, but he's not going to, he's not as good as Pharaoh. And uh, it was a, it was kind of a heartbreaker for Kaleem. Is, is, as often as he trained, as he switches trainers, I'd go out on a limb and say that didn't go that great. No, <laughs> it, probably, it probably didn't go great. Two, 2016, uh, looking at this list, you see Nyquist, you see Outwork, you see Gunrunner. Um, it's an exaggerator. I mean, this is a hell of a field. It was a good field. It was a good field. I'm trying to think. I wasn't on Nyquist. I'm trying to think of who my money was on that year. I feel oh, like I know I'm... who it was. Oh, I know who it was. This is the fate. Oh, this is this is a Travis Stone favorite. You're gonna love this. So, you know, I mean, I was on I was on American Pharaoh early on. In fact, I did interviews talking about not only did I think he'd win the Derby, but I thought he'd win the triple crown, which is a little absurd. But I did in advance. Well, next year I came back strong with Shagoff. Shagoff <laughs> wow. was my derby horse. At fifty six to one, who was a one turn horse for for Chad, and um, I was humbled greatly with that year. So I kind of try to blame, you know, blank out that year. But yeah, Shagoff is a running joke around here. I think I was on Brody's cause. He was a good horse. Yeah, he was a talented horse. I wasn't on Nyquist. I know that. Um, I wasn't. They had all the confidence in the world. I remember that. Uh, you know, Team O'Neill, they love their chances. Um, you know, he's very similar to, to Forty, by the way. There aren't many horses that come into a derby with four grade one wins under their belt. And Forte is that, and he's the first horse since Nyquist to have four grade one wins under his belt prior to the derby. And, um, it worked out well for Nyquist last time. 2017, all I can remember is Thunder Snow. Uh, yeah. Down the middle of the track there. 
Yeah, I remember Patch. Patch was uh, I always uh, Patch was went off at fourteen to one. If he had two eyes, he would have been fifty to one. Um, I was on McCracken that year. I was a big. I love Ian Wilkes. I mean, Ian's such a um, a class act. Um, Telling me that uh, he knows what it was like to win the Derby because he thought he was going to win it. Um, On looking at Lee coming up the rail, but always dreaming for for uh, Johnny and Todd. That was cool for, for those two classic empire. I mean, the, that, that was a rodeo just to him trying to get to the, you know, to the starting gate that year. Um, the Cassies went through so many ups and downs uh, with that horse. Um, you know, he ran that clunker in the, in the Holy bull. And uh, I remember they left him down there at the Ocala training center till the 11th hour. And, he came up there and won the Arkansas Derby and looked like he was back on track. I mean, that was a very nice horse, classic empire. But, um, yeah, I'm with you. Thunder Snow, I mean, that's what a job that, you know, just we've got two of the best outriders in America in, in uh, Greg Blasey and Lee Lockwood. And for Greg Blasey, you know, to do what he did, to get that horse under control, that horse clearly just – did not want to be a part of that, uh, uh, whether or not the saddle slipped and was pinching him to buck like that. I've never seen anything like that. Christoph Sumion um, did a great job, but, but Greg, to get that horse back to the sea of people that were there in the Derby tunnel um, and get that horse off the track um, was quite amazing because, the la- I mean, can you imagine the Derby being declared a no contest? Oh my gosh! What would you? Can you imagine? I don't even want to. I, I almost. I, I'm tempted to not even ask you what you think you guys would do, just in order to not even put that into the into the into well, the. Well, it's air. not us. That's not us. That's the, those, those, those are the stewards. I mean, those are the stewards. And look, if it, safety is paramount, and oh if God. it was going to be an unsafe, look, if Greg doesn't do what he did, I don't know what would happen, and. I mean, you could have three hundred million dollars in <laughs> oh. two hundred million dollars, right? One oh, one eighty-five ish on the Derby alone. Then you think about the prior races with the gimmicks. I mean, there's a oh, that's a lot of refunds, boy. I remember it happened. It happened the summer at Saratoga, and that was a that was just a dang maiden race. It was it was out. It was a it was a nightmare. Yeah, um, you know, looking at this field, one of the things, and I, and I could do this for all the fields, but it just it, one of the things about the Kentucky Derby is you look at this field. There's a bunch of horses like also Rans in here that are now like seriously productive sires, always dreaming who won, but then Gervin, um, Classic Empire, Taprit, Gormley, Practical Gormley. Joke. I mean, there's it's uh it's it, it, this race. You know, they might not be ready on the first Saturday in May to, to be their best, but they always typically, you know, to get there is 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 something. Well, yeah, and to get there, you know, you've usually, you know, especially with the point system today, you've you've pretty much you've done something, right? You've 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 um you have a decent resume. It's definitely a stallion making race. And that's why you know, if, if you if you get an opportunity to run in it and you're healthy and you have four legs, people are usually going to take a shot. 
you know, it's why every year, you know, we act, we, we seem surprised that the Coolmore folks take a turf horse and they try it on dirt in the classic. Well, the reason they're doing it, they're trying to make a stallion. <laughs> the horse is already accomplished on, on, on turf, probably a multiple group one winner on turf. If you can do that on dirt as well, that only increases its, 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 its stallion fee. So anytime you have a chance to run in these big races, they do. I mean, look, the Derby's a $3 million prize. Um, but, but you and I know that for many, you know, outside of the wild on ices, who was a Texas bred gelding, um, the race can be worth several, you know, tens of millions more, maybe even a hundred million more if the moon and the stars line up. 2018, uh, it was another rainy one. I remember I, I was there and I was playing in the Derby contest and I had a, I think I had a $10,000 double with Yoshida into to justify. And I said, I'm at the Derby. I'm not watching it inside. It was pouring rain. I remember we, we, we found a trash can that had like extra trash bags tied to it for like people to replace them. And we just took a bunch of those trash bags and made ponchos. And we went out in the pouring rain and watched justify uh, win that Derby. I had um, a, a barber jacket on that day where, you know, you kind of, the pockets are level where you would put your hand almost straight down towards your toes as opposed, as opposed to, you know, pockets that maybe you, you slide your hand in from the side. And I, and I, I got back to my office and, and didn't realize that the both pockets were completely filled with water. I mean, that was the wettest, that was by far the wettest derby ever. I mean, it never, subsided and and the forecasters i remember 10 the the the, it was raining in the morning they kept saying it will clear up at 10 a.m and then it would be 11 and then it never cleared up they were dead wrong uh the only weather app at the time that had it correct was the app dark sky that no longer exists it was the world's greatest weather app by the way um reliable but that was the only one that said it would rain all day and it was three plus inches but when i think of that derby i think of and i mentioned gary young early on i i I got a phone call about three to four days before justify made his debut uh gary young left a message uh, on my voicemail said, hey, by the way, there's it's probably a little too late in the game for the Derby, but Baffert's got this horse debuting on Saturday that's a runner. I mean, I'm talking a stone-cold runner. Um, and he was obviously speaking about Justify. And, I mean, I, I mean, this horse, like, if, if you remember the Rocky series, um, what was what, what was the Russian athlete, uh, Ivan Dragon or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that was justified. I mean he was just he built he was built, he looked the part. Um, I used to call it the Scarlet Letter A, you know the Apollo curse. <laughs> I didn't care about the 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 Scarlet Letter A for Apollo on his forehead. Because this horse was just a freak of all freaks. I mean, he was just, he was so physically gifted and um, he delivered. 
No, I sure did. And here's just another group of just audible, good magic. Um, yeah. Mendelssohn, Bolt Doro, Vino Rosso, who went on to win the classic. Uh, another outstanding group. Now, did you take the trophy that time too? No, because they had so that that was the first year of the new Chris K designed perpetual um triple crown trophy that previously resided in his office. Ah. Oh, and I also meant to tell you too, I forgot to tell you. Uh I agree with you. Dark Sky was the best weather app. But Apple bought it and a lot of the technology now lives in Apple's uh, their native weather app has dark sky technology in it. Yes. It doesn't seem quite the same though, but it doesn't, it doesn't it's not, not the same, but, but it's, but it's, it's like the point system. Remember I said, <laughs> I said, everybody, nobody, nobody is quick to embrace change. So I, I have to do better at that myself. I need to embrace the change. Well, I would imagine that if 2008 was your least favorite, uh, based on the unfortunate events with eight bells, this had to be your second least favorite in 2019. Yeah. Maximum security. I mean, um, I mean, shoot, uh, you know, to this day, I think the stewards made the right call. Uh, you know, it took them 22 minutes. I, I mentioned earlier that I was down, you know, I do watch the race every year from the Kentucky Derby winter circle on the turf course. And, you know, really didn't notice anything um, at the time. Um, and, and two things, or one thing I need to just preface, you know, with, with the garland of roses every year that's thrown on the horse's horseback, there's also a, a jockey's bouquet of 400 roses and, and, and a valet um, in the jock's room is designated and chosen, uh, you know, to present the winning jockey with the, you know, the, the, the jockey bouquet. And we had a new guy that was given this honor for the first time. Um, maximum security crosses the wire first, uh, Mr. And Mrs. West uh, make their way to the winner's circle. And, um, the valet saw Mrs. West, and presented her with the jockey's bouquet of roses. <laughs> right. And I don't think anything of it at the time, you know, I'm really, I'm, but, but I noticed. <laughs> and um, so I'm watching the big board knowing that there's an inquiry and uh, just like everybody else with the 22 minutes that have gone by, this is probably around the 10 minute mark and uh, finally saw a view and I'm like, Oh my God, he's coming down. There's no question. He's coming down. <clears throat> and now I take a look over at Mr. and Mrs. West, and she's holding that bouquet of roses. And I'm thinking, okay, how, how, how do I get these back from her? And it's not to, to take them from her. You know, it's to spare her the, the, the embarrassment, so to speak, He's of right. walking back across the, the racetrack holding this bouquet of roses that she's been, you know, taken away. The race has been taken from them, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, and I wasn't going to go ask the valet to go get it back. 
And anyway, they, they made, I remember Travis Stone made the announcement for the inquiry. Um, and I went up to Mr. And Mrs. West with, you know, uh, my back shielding them and all the cameras. And I, I just, I, I, I said, I'm so sorry. And I, and I just reached out my hands and she, and she, she gave them to me, but that's something that, I mean, it's haunting, uh, Jonathan. I mean, just, that's not a fun feeling. Um, but know that I did that, um, you know, to spare her in a way, you know, but there's nothing I could do that could spare them. You know what yeah, I mean? Of course. What um, was she going to do? Just drop them on the floor? Yeah. You know, I'm, well, I'm convinced to this day, by the way, that uh, Maximum, it, it's I'm not one, it's my leader in the clubhouse. I'm not 100%. But, you know, as you know, Larry Colmas calls the race on NBC, but Travis Stone calls the race on track. And, and Tacitus, who took a lot of money in that derby, made a big move on that turn. And Travis made mention in his call of a pause of as they were midway around the turn and, you know, something to the effect of, you know, and here comes Tacitus. And, and, and when he did that, there was a, you know, you've heard these jockeys that have ridden the Derby before talk about the wall of sound, you know, as these horses turn for home with the crowd when Travis said, here comes Tacitus, there was this massive roar from the crowd. And that's when maximum security veered. So if you hear the, if you hear the on-track call queued up with simultaneously what happened, I really think that's what might have spooked that horse to impede his rivals. Wow. Where? Now I'm assuming that you do you have it like an eye. I feel like an earpiece in like when you're in the in the winter circle. So how quickly did you find out there was an inquiry? Well, it's funny you say that. It's not every year that I do, but I work closely with the folks of NBC, and they gave me the production NBC uh, radio. Uh, I also had my security radio on because I talked about that flag system and we rely on radio and other things. Uh, I, I, I knew immediately when, when Lee Lockwood, uh, our, our, our uh, outrider relayed the claim of foul uh, from the jockeys that there was a claim of foul against the winner. So it was, it was, um, uh, you know, probably as horses were just starting their gallop back to the track. Uh, I'm sorry, towards the winter circle uh, to unsaddle near the everyday winter circle. So the, 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 he was probably communicated with at the six furlong pole as the jockeys were uh, turning around and catching their breath and coming by. So it was probably about a minute after the race. <sighs> Yeah. I mean, I, it was hard for me to, you know, being in the stands, I was on the third floor and, and, you know, I, I, I didn't have maximum security. So once I first looked and I was alive pretty good, if I remember when I looked up and I first saw that there was an inquiry, I got very excited. And then mm -hmm. I realized I didn't have country house either. <laughs> right. Right. And, well, look, uh, I'm going to tell you, I, uh, I, I've, I've never seen 
I've never seen so much venom and hatred. Um, the, 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 the amount of abuse that Barb Borden, the chief steward in particular took, and I'm going to tell you, it, 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 this wasn't just takedown hatred. There, it was the fact that she was a woman as well. Um, I mean, she had death threats, JK. We had to, you know, I I remember that night. Look, I, I, you know, from a publicity standpoint, I, I knew the stewards had to say something. I'm like, guys, you've, you've got to come down. You've got to address this. Now, from their standpoint, they don't want to say anything because they know litigation is going to loom. Um, you know, what, what do they always tell you when, you know, if you're in the middle of a lawsuit, basically just shut up. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, we, we, we met a compromise where they, they, they read a statement, basically just trying to explain as to what happened, but we had to sneak him out of the, the, the press area afterwards. First of all, I mean, they were just, I mean, the press was eating them alive, but the, the, the venom from some of the fans and then uh, the, the calls and letters in the weeks uh, subside, it was, it was ugly, man. I've, I've never seen anything more ugly and Barb, you know, and, and, and Barb was born for the role because not all, I mean, first of all, she's, she's uh, an outstanding steward, but she's, she's tough. She's tough. And she, she, she could handle it, but uh, it was, it was ugly. I felt so bad for our, you know, and there are people that don't discern the difference between the racetrack and the stewards. You know, they think it was Churchill Downs that would take our call center, the poor people on the front line. You you wouldn't believe um, the calls that they had to take. It was oh, sad. Yeah, I can only imagine, especially because it's like, you know, and I mean this with all due respect, but I don't. Like yeah. it's also it's 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 amateur hour derby derby's amateur hour to a certain yeah. extent. There's all these people that come that don't know. Yep. You know, you watch a race at Aqueduct on a Wednesday. That horse is coming down. Yep. And and that's just it's just the nature of the game. It has to happen. You yes. know, people don't flip. I mean, people still flip out about pass interference calls in football, but they're a little bit more digestible because they watch it all the time. Yep. And they understand that those can change the outcomes of games. They can change Super Bowls. They can change who's playing in Super Bowls. Ask the Saints. But well, and the intricacies of, of our game were okay, it's the last horse you interfered, therefore, he's being placed 17th, <laughs> right? Which, and it's like, and it's so silly to me, too, that like it's 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 so silly to me that people thought that that was a beneficial decision financially for Churchill Downs. Well, people still believe that to, to this day. I mean, even so, I mean, anytime you have a 50 to one shot jump up Ooh, the track made a killing it, it, it couldn't be more opposite i mean we're oh. a paramutual game we would actually like to see the favorites win more because the more the favorites win the more money back in the hands of a majority of the betters and therefore there's a greater churn yeah um, you'd rather you would rather the racetrack would rather 10 people win ten thousand dollars than one person win a hundred because the guy who won a hundred might play with 10 more but he's then he's gonna go home Correct. Correct. You know, you, so it's 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 just not whatever. It, it really shouldn't. It, it doesn't shouldn't matter. I mean, we're we're you know we're talking about people that 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 don't understand it. But yeah. I just always found that to be really silly. But it's also tough to communicate it too, right? right. I mean, in in this world of 
you know, 140 characters, <laughs> you know, you just take Twitter, for example, people will misinterpret 140 word or 140 character tweet. Uh, because we, we just live in this rapid pace society where people just don't digest. And it's, it's horse racing is, is such a wonderful sport. Uh, but it's, it's, it takes time and that's what I love about it. Um, but there are so many intricacies of it, but to, you know, people don't care what the rule is. <laughs> people don't care, uh, uh, different things. They just show their emotions right off the bat. Well, karma or not karma the the universe didn't didn't decide to give you a break uh nope. tw 2020 it didn't give any of us a break for to be honest but um 2020 in in a in, in one of the year's biggest sporting events that falls right smack dab in the middle of a pandemic and yeah. you, you had to the first saturday in may became the what first saturday in september yeah and yeah, uh, that was, that was, uh, well, I remember, I remember the night vividly Wednesday night, March the 11th, I think it was, that was when, uh, you had that rapid one hour period of Rudy Gobert, um, you know, testing positive. Uh, we had what Tom, the news of Tom Hanks getting it in Australia. And then I think, Trump had his news conference to delay uh, or ban travel to Europe. And that was all within like this hour period. I want to say it was like the nine o'clock hour on that Wednesday night. And I, and I remember saying to myself, Oh, Derby's done. Derby is done. And uh, you know, everything, all the chips started to fall, you know, right thereafter and you know that wasn't easy i mean the the leadership at churchill took it upon themselves um i know it wasn't a move that went over well with our partner racetracks um but we we, we knew we had to be firm let's pick a target date uh when can we have a date that would be good on a television calendar with our partners of nbc far enough out um and also uh, 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 uh and it's laughable at the time but we were we were trying to find a date where um hotels would be easily available uh, you know without other conventions and other things going on and that was labor day weekend and so we picked that date and i you know and it caught our partners off guard you know obviously with the preakness and the belmont and um but we had to do what we felt was best for, for us and, and, you know, try to put that target date out there. Um, you know, did, did you, you ever through, consider, was it ever a consideration to do it without fans? Well, it was done without fans in 2020. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. That, you're yeah. Right. You're right. No, it was done with, but we were trying to do whatever we could do. Oh, to yeah. wait, to wait. No, what I'm saying was there oh, ever the thought oh. to do it. You're right. It was, but I, I was in Saratoga, so I forgot. No, but I, to do I, it with, I think there were, there were so many unknowns then Jonathan that um, I remember, I mean, we couldn't get any horses into the state until after Derby um, with all the protocols they had in place. 
we had our horses that uh, typically, you know, every year at Churchill Downs in the months of January, February, and it goes through the middle of March, we we close, you know, the 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 backside for annual wintertime uh, renovations. And, you know, the majority of our horses, they're wintering at Oaklawn or Fairgrounds or Gulfstream Park. And um, in, in light of everything that was going on, I mean, it wasn't until uh, the middle of May that we were able to get those horses back home into the state of Kentucky. So, no, the, 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 the race without fans on the standard first Saturday in May uh, was never realistic because uh, horse travel across state lines was shut down at least by, by the state of Kentucky. And we had to exhaust protocols. I mean, I just remember going through all those painstaking efforts uh, to work with the government officials and the Metro health uh, to satisfy them, to just try and get those horses home. Then our focus was, you know, how can we, I think our, our main focus, we were, we were trying to, I think we were trying to stage with a minimum number of fans. Oh no, we were definitely doing that. In fact, it was a, it was a third capacity uh, with the fans. Uh, you also remember we had the, the unrest, uh, social unrest with uh, the Breonna Taylor um shooting and 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 the and and the um the court findings etc and the investigation that was going on right and that was you know obviously front and center here in louisville but that unrest was going on around the around the country and it was it was two weeks prior to the September Derby, we were planning to have fans on a limited capacity. Uh, I think it was a third of the capacity. Um, but there were a number of threats that we still hadn't made public to this day. Um, and there was no way I, 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 I remember I was in tears one day, just the amount of stress uh, you know, you saw some of the protests that were around. It was the, it was the protest from the group um, uh, led by uh, what was it, Grandmaster Jay, I think was his, his name. But it, they they were a very um, they weren't much into protesting. So I'll I'll leave it at that. There right. there there were there were there were there were there were a lot of protesters, and we're we're all fine. Uh, and I think I can speak for not just the company, but people in general, the, the, the way, to, you know, to, to voice your uh, opinions, everybody has that right, but you don't have the right to in, invoke uh, intimidation and violence. And there were many of those threats towards, um, we couldn't put our guests in that line of fire, so to speak, and I'll be honest with you, it was scary coming up here on, you know, as an employee on Derby Day uh, with, you know, hundreds of AK-47s across the street. It was a uh, it was very uh, surreal, JK. It was uh, 
it was it was so sad because the derby is such a uh, the derby is such a communal event and such an important part of our um the fabric of of our community here and but people will often use the derby as a as a platform for for their causes knowing that we have international attention so i understand that that comes with the territory but this was just so different this was so different and um alarming i mean we were we're, you know we have we've got that brick wall that uh that 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 basically is on the far turn Mm -hmm. those that watch the races and have never been to churchill downs right on the other side of that brick wall is central avenue and there were groups threatening to throw and 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 project objects um onto the track and near the starting gate over that wall while the race was being run. Hmm. And we had helicopters flying over. Um, I think we ended up having about 1500, you know, on hand between our employees plus, plus the owners and, and trainers who had horses on the, on the undercard and, and the Derby itself. But man, it was so surreal. My heart was racing and, just sweating and praying they all got around there safe and it was just wasn't any fun it really wasn't mm. no I, it's it, it, i was i was in saratoga and uh it, it didn't uh it didn't seem fun either now that from, next from derby that. was fun though i mean it was yeah. I, I it it was it was fun until the week after yeah <laughs> But that that derby, when we had the, you know, and that's around here they call it the COVID derby, because we had we were still under limitations, and we had a crowd of about fifty thousand on hand, but anybody that was here, I mean, the weather was great, um, everybody could move around. It was the first year we did the all inclusive, food and beverage. I mean, people just had a party. Um, but then it was a week later when the S hit the fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I went to that Kentucky Oaks and then we actually stayed back in Lexington. Um, the, the, the uh, COVID broke my streak of going to the Derby. So I didn't feel as, you know how it is when you have a streak, you feel like you gotta go, but oh, COVID absolutely. broke my streak. So we ended up staying back in Lexington and, uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, look, it's, it's, it was an unfortunate, it was, it was a bad couple of years, I think probably for attention for, for us with the maximum security thing with people not understanding. And then obviously in 2021 with, with the media really, really ran with the, uh, uh Medina spirit situation as well. And, yep. um, it, you know, I, I can imagine that wasn't a lot of fun for you guys to deal with as, as well. No, it's, it's not. I, 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 I was actually. I had to give Bob Baffert the phone call um, to let him know that he was going to be suspended uh, indefinitely. And Bob and I have been acquaintances. I like to think we're friends and, um, you know, for 30 years. And that's why they, 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 they asked me to make that call. Like Darren, you, you, you know him as well as anybody. And, um, that's one of that's 
one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And, um, but I stand by it to this day. I mean, I, 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 I've, I've often asked, you know, do you think it was, uh, do you think it was cheating or is this a medication overage? And, you know, I'm of the belief whether it was purposeful or accidental isn't the point. Uh, the rules were broken and they were broken repeatedly in advance of that. Um, and therefore the company, you know, took the, took the bull by the horns and, um, suspended Bob Baffert for, for two years. Um, and, you know, everybody knows the rules of the game and we've got integrity, uh, on the line and safety of our horses. The rules need to be played by, um, and followed. And it was the, you know, the repeated, you know, um, failures to comply within a, about a 13 month period, including our two biggest races, the Oaks and the Derby, um, that led to that decision. Um, yeah, I haven't spoken to Bob since, um, you know, obviously we have litigation, um, between the two. Um, we both, I mean, we, 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 uh, we both left that conversation in good standing. I don't mean that we haven't spoken since because, uh, there's ill, ill will between, uh, he and I, uh, there isn't, uh, we're good, but, uh, you know, we, we can't talk and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a strange couple of years. Are you, are you optimistic that next, next spring will, will look similar for your relationship and your interactions with, with Bob? We'll have to see. Only time will tell. Um, you know, there's ongoing litigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when someone is uh, suing not only your company, but directly your CEO and the chairman of the board, um, that's not a good look. So I, 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 I don't know. 2022, um, I, I would, I'm hesitant to say it got back to normal um, because an 80 to one shot who drew in off the AE won the 2022 Kentucky Derby. <laughs> it was so, I remember when he crossed the wire and looking down, like I, I knew nothing about Ridge Strike. Like you talk about like how you take pride knowing a little tidbit and everything. And and often uh, down there in the winter circle, I'll provide the governor with a tidbit or two, you know, uh, so he's, so he's informed um, as to who won the race. And I remember when Eric Reed won, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I, I thought Sonny, Le- Sonny Leone was African-American. I had no idea who he was. I'd never seen him before and, and didn't realize he was Hispanic until he came to the winner's circle, JK. I had no <laughs> clue. That's how little I knew about the horse. Oh, um, I had no idea. And it, but what, um, that's what the Derby is all about. You know, it kind of you know, very, just, just when you think there's turmoil, with the Derby, here comes 
a long shot that endears uh, and resonates with the general public across the country. Um, Rich Strike did that, man. I mean, he cool horse. He was a cool horse. Right place, right time. I was all on Zandon and um, and Epicenter. I thought it was a two horse race going in. I felt very strong about uh-huh. that. I thought those were the two. And um, here comes this rich strike. Number 21 draws in. He's in tears on the day before on the phone when they gave him the phone call to let him know that he was in. And it was Lucas's horse. I mean, look, Luke, give Lucas credit. Lucas took that horse out of the derby. Um scratched him so he could get in and he could have left that horse in and he's probably going to get scratched by the state vet but they decided to do right by the horse and they took out that um the horse and made room for for uh rich strike now i don't think steve asmussen feels the same way <laughs> oh, neither, is, either is jonathan kinchin i uh, oh yeah i mean so many oh. people so many oh, people, but I good. No, I'm just gonna say, but that horse, he just really resonated with the general public, and that's what the people don't. You know, the Kentucky Derby. People don't realize how big of an event it is, outside of our core horse racing group. You know, it 16 million viewers annually on NBC Sports. Um, that is an amazing number. If Tiger Woods is in contention on the final round of the Masters on Sunday and he's wearing the red polo, (laughs) Tiger is drawing 10 million viewers on CBS. The Derby gets 6 million more annually. Um, It's more viewers, uh, you know, than the NBA Finals, uh, than the World Series. Um, And so when you have a horse that's a long shot, like a rich strike and uh, you know, Eric Reed overcoming the, you know, the, the, the tragedy of the barn fire a few years earlier, Sonny Leon coming from the, the small track up at Belterra and with the, the, with the, you know, his wife and the, the they just resonated with everybody and uh, America fell in love with them. And that's the cool thing about the Derby. A good horse can come from anywhere. That's why I spew these stats like, uh, you know, like the, the, the 0 for 18 with the, the UAE Derby um, is 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 going to be your reason to not bet Derma Sonagake. I mean, look, I don't care if you, you may not like him, but a good horse can come from anywhere. That that stat will be broken at some point. And apparently a good horse can come from the AE. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Darren, with a trivia question. Okay. What are the saddle colors the saddlecloth colors for the 21 22 23 and 24 i can't do 22 23 or 24 but 21 is like a light bluish purplish look with the navy number okay all right just check i don't know check it on you i don't know 22 or 23 or 24 hopefully i mean in all honesty, hopefully you don't have to see those too much. It's it, you know you just let's let the let's let the twenty to draw in and roll. 
it's it's rare. It's that was rare. a that was a tough one for me. That that derby was tough. I I had I came to Oaks. Uh, my friend Jake Vallis was running Hidden Connection in the Oaks. I wanted to make sure I was there, but we ended up flying out of Cincinnati on Derby morning. We were going to get back to Saratoga and go to a watch party at Salivo. And then the flight got delayed. I ended up watching the Derby like three exits away from Saratoga on my iPhone, alive to Zandon for 80,000 in a future wager and oh. epicenter for 60,000 in the, in the exacto wager, uh, the, oh. the, the exact future and rich strike up the rail and just snaps me. Tough, and it tough, keeps us coming back game. for more. Tough hey, you, 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 you know what we did? We covered 15 years of my derbies, but we did not touch on the one story where I might have directly been involved in changing derby history. Okay, we got that's that's the that's the best one to end on. Then we'll we'll wrap it up with that one. We talked about Rachel Alexandra so much, we didn't even talk about mind that bird. So mind that bird. Have you seen the movie Fifty to One? I don't think I have actually. It's really it's cheesy. It's but it's great at the same time. Okay. Well, uh, we're about two weeks out, and you know that's the old days of the graded stakes earnings and mind that bird. You know b- back when the forum uh, used to publish the graded stakes earnings, or maybe the blood horse, and anyway they would they would routinely just assume and skip past a horse like mine, that bird um, just because he ran poorly in, you know, at Sunland park. And he was omitted from many of the lists. Well, I'm one, as you know, we talked earlier about how I believe, look, if you've got four legs and a heartbeat and you're eligible, you're probably going to go or should go. And so anyway, I, I, I'm calculating the list uh, and I see mine that bird is, is like ranked 16th. And so I go into, uh, you know, the, the jockey clubs and compass system. Uh, I look up the phone number for uh, uh, Benny L. Woolley. <laughs> and that's how his name shows up in the program. Mm-hmm. And so I get the phone number. I call. I said, is Benny there? He goes, uh, this is Chip. Yeah, but I, I'd like to speak with Benny. Uh, he goes, no, no, I'm, I'm Benny, but call me Chip. I go by Chip. So I learned Chip Woolley goes by Chip at that moment. And I said, uh, I said hey, I don't know what your plans are for, what, 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 do you, what, what do you have in mind with Mind That Bird? And he says, well, we're going to run in the, the, the Lone Star Derby. I said, okay, well, that's fair enough. I, I'm just calling from Churchill Downs. I, I'm just letting you know that uh, you have enough earnings to qualify for the Kentucky Derby, uh, but I thought I'd just double check. He says, we do? And uh, he says, let me, let me call you back in five minutes. So he hangs up the phone. He calls his owners, calls me back in five minutes, and says, we're coming. And he gets on a van and he comes here. And next thing you know, he wins the Kentucky Derby. If I don't make that phone call, Chip and I laugh about it. If I don't make that phone call, that horse might have been the Lone Star Derby winner. Wow. Or or he would have ran second in the Lone Star Derby. Or, or, or ran second in the Lone Star Derby <laughs> with a troubled trip under Casey Lambert. <laughs> but the best part in the movie, in the movie, it doesn't sound as sexy to have the PR guy. 
you know, the schlub PR guy make this phone call. They, 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 in the movie, they made it Ben Huffman in a suit. And it was a, you know, racing official extending the official invitation <laughs> to compete. But, uh, oh, they cheated you. No, yeah, no, it's not, yeah, but it's okay. But it's, it's, I mean, just think about that, JK. I mean, I've thought about it a number of times. What if I didn't make that call? Yeah, I mean, I guess Pioneer of the Nile wins, right? He ran second, didn't he? Yeah, maybe. I guess. I don't know. But it's it's life is funny with all these little, you know, quirks and bumps in the road and different moves you make. You zig, you zag. And, you know, they all work out for a reason. Darren, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. And look, I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire because you and I, when you were going back through the horses you liked in derbies and your derby picks, we, we do this the same way. I'm going to handicap the race. I'm going to look at it. But yep. my, the final push for me is those kind of final works. So I, I understand if you don't know it yet, but if you know your derby horse and you want to share it with us now, but if you want to reserve judgment, I got no problem with that either. I actually have a hot opinion on it. I mean, I just... I think Forte is five likes best. I really do. I think this is a this is a weird crop um, where two through twenty, uh, actually, you might even say two through thirty-five, are very similar uh, in talent. Um, I'm not trying to be a chalk-eating weasel, but I just think he's. I think Forte might be that much better. And his last race in the Florida Derby, to me, was very reminiscent of American Pharaoh's victory in the Kentucky Derby. You remember that day, uh, Victor Espinoza had to urge uh, Pharaoh. Uh, when he went to the whip multiple times. It To me, it was clear, Pharaoh did not like the Churchill Downs race drag. Um, but he was able to get the job done in defeat. And I think Forte and the Florida Derby, one, having, you know, enough points to already be in the race from his previous victories, but also knowing Todd Pletcher probably did not squeeze the lemon uh, for the for, for the Florida Derby. For him to come from that far back against a subpar cast, I mean, I, I, I realized what he was beating. But I, I, thought, I thought his victory uh, in the Florida Derby – was was a very good race because I don't believe he was at his best. And I believe he will spring forward off that effort. And I believe he's multiple lengths better than the rest of this group. I think Tappet Trice, his stablemate, is intriguing and, and on the improve. Uh, could be interesting. But the other best of the generation, I think, are on the sidelines. And the, you know, the Arabian Nights, the extra Anejos. Um, I think we're going to have a very exciting second half of the year if they get back to the track, but that's kind of where I'm at today. And again, I, I, I reserve judgment, uh, to, uh, based off of post position draws and we'll see these last workouts, but that's kind of where my head's at right now, JK. Well, you know, I, I'm going to let you go. Cause I think you're, if that's the case, you're going to need to get some security in order for that winter circle, because something tells me that uh, Mike Rapoli is not going to, he's not going to come in too many people short of what IEH had with big Brown. No, it would be big. And he's got that, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's now the, what number one supporter for St. John's. 
So he's he could be the king of the NIL for St. John's, and Rick Pitino is now at St. John's. So that would be a popular victory in Louisville, even though it's uh, New York-based. Darren, I really appreciate you taking the time during your busiest two weeks of the year uh, rolling through uh, memory lane with us, and uh, we wish you the best of luck next week with the race and then also with your wagers. Yeah, th- thanks for the distraction. It was actually, it was that was a lot of fun, J.K. I appreciate it. Thank you for thinking of me. We'll talk soon. Man, Darren, try to try to ruin my day with that uh, reminding me about Rich Strike. Oh, that was such a tough beat. But you know what I mean? Look, I I, I do think that I, I I have made Rich Strike kind of a punchline often, but I do think that that's kind of what makes that race and horse racing so special. Is is um, Zandon, uh, epicenter, especially clearly better horses than rich strike. No one would argue that, but what makes this game in, in the first Saturday of May so special is that in that moment and why it feels so good when you're right. And when you win is because we know how easy it is to lose even when you're right. And I think that, that those defeats although they're frustrating, they do lead you to appreciate the great moments, to appreciate when Big Brown and American Pharaoh and Justify and California Chrome as short price horses do win because we've seen short price horses that are clearly better still get beat. And, and that's one of the things about the Derby that, that's so special to me is, is, is it's just that one time. And so I always tell people, there's no, we'll get them next year. There's no, oh, well, we'll get them next year. No, there is no next year. It's only this year. And when you look through these derby fields, I hope you pulled up the races and looked along with us. You'll see so many good horses that never won the derby, but went on to do amazing things outside of that. Essential Quality didn't win the Kentucky Derby. Tis the Law didn't win the Kentucky Derby. Code of Honor. Tacitus, Improbable, Vacoma, War of Will, Bolt Doro, Mendelssohn, Vino Rosso, Good Magic. These are all horses that didn't win the Kentucky Derby, but still went on to have great careers. And, and I think that, you know, it's just kind of a jumping off point. I look forward to it every year. It's one of my favorite days in racing. Breeders' Cup Day, Belmont Day, Kentucky Derby, Kentucky Oaks Day. Uh, it, it's Travers Day. They just, they, they stand out. So I hope you enjoyed kind of going on this journey with us. I want to thank Darren for taking the time. I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I kind of feel stupid even asking him to have spent two hours with me considering how busy uh, he has to be during this time. Um, you walk by his office and there's just always people in and out of his office all week during uh, uh, these two weeks leading up to the Derby. So I appreciate him taking the time. I want to thank our friends at Qatar Racing uh, for supporting uh, JK Plus One. And, uh, and, and helping us to bring you guys and gals all these fun stories and kind of the inner workings of this game that we, we all love. Uh, I want to thank PTF. I want to thank Drew. I want to thank the behind-the-scenes peeps in the money media. Uh, I want to thank uh, everyone who's got a show on the network. Uh, I feel like I've been talking for a long time, so I'm not going to name them all. I'll come back next week and name them. Thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us for a couple of hours. And uh, we'll see you next week. Next week's Derby Week. I don't know who we're going to have, but it's Derby Week. It's got to be somebody good. See you next week. I need to know everything. Who and the what and the where. I need everything. 
Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you'd be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk. So I'm letting them talk.